My name's Phil Williams and I would like to welcome you to Audio Angling, the podcast site of fishingfilmsandfacts.co.uk. One criticism regularly levelled not only angling, but also most other outdoor pursuits, is that unless we start drafting in young recruits to take over when older participants start disappearing off the radar, then within a generation, the writing will really be on the wall. With angling, it's widely acknowledged that replacement level recruitment is simply just not taking place. But statistics isn't the only consideration here. For the benefit of themselves, plus the rest of us, we also need to be getting young people off the backsides, off the streets, and away from computer screens, which as we all know is very much easier said than done. Enter the Get Hooked on Fishing project. But rather than have me explain the history, hard work and vision behind the idea, I'm linked up here with the organisation's Chief Executive Officer, Sarah Collins, who I know is literally chomping at the bit to tell the world all about this project. So, what is Get Hooked on Fishing? The thing about Get Hooked on Fishing is that we're actually a national charity, which means that we have various Get Hooked on Fishing projects all across the UK, from as far north as Glasgow and as far south as Lambeth down in the southeast of England. And we're quite different from a lot of other sort of angling participation organisations in that we started in a very, very small way, but over the years we have grown and grown and grown. And um, one of the things I suppose that we're very, very proud of is that the charity itself started up in the northeast, up in uh, County Durham. And it was actually started by a, a serving police officer who was an angler himself. But what he found was that there were quite a few youngsters who were causing a bit of antisocial behaviour on the banks. And what he found was that when he tried to engage them in fishing, it actually improved their behaviour, it improved their attendance at school. And what we ultimately found was that we could actually have a positive impact, not just in terms of their attendance at school, but also the achievement of those youngsters in terms of how well they were doing in their lessons, what qualifications they were able to get. Some of them went on to do apprenticeships and also this eventually helped them to to gain employment. And since then, which was back in 1999, the charity itself became a charitable trust in 2004 and then a registered charity in 2009. And we're still going strong today, some almost 15 years since we started. And we now have 17 projects across, like I say, the UK, all of them working in quite different ways, but what they all do is respond to local need. And what we've found as well is that whilst we work with youngsters who are at risk of social exclusion, we also work with with all youngsters, and in fact we will work with anybody at all. So we've kind of moved on a little bit from our origins and our original kind of charitable purpose. But um, what we've found is that it's, it can be very, very successful. What we aim to do is to work with people to help them access some of those well-known personal, social, health and well-being benefits of angling. And so whilst the focus might be on fishing, what we're also doing is we're helping people to be more socially active, emotionally active. We're helping them to learn some of those sort of structures and routines that they might not be familiar with. So for some of our young people, as an example, they might not be so good at working as a team or being independent or following instructions. And so we can use angling as a way of 
helping them to kind of practice some of those skills, some of those personal and social skills. And of course, they ultimately help with their kind of future employment. I think can, one, as well, one of the things that's quite interesting for Get Hooked on Fishing is that we have this vision, and that is to try and help more people to be able to fish more often. Now, there's none of our projects or the core charity that could do that on their own. And so we have developed some really strong partnerships. And those partnerships are with organisations like the Angling Trust and the Environment Agency. And equally, they do help us find funding. That is a major difficulty for our projects, is finding funding. It's something that we have to work very, very hard at, and it is always a challenge. We try to keep quite a diverse range of sources of funding, because, of course, if you put all your eggs in one basket, things can go desperately wrong if that basket disappears. And so what we try to do is to make sure that we have a broad portfolio of funding streams to try and help us. One of the things that makes us um, not totally unique, but there aren't many organisations that are able to do this, is that we try to have fully funded, full-time project managers at each of our projects. And, of course, this is a challenge in itself. And, you know, their role is to obviously try and target as many youngsters and, and people that want to benefit from fishing and also bringing income to their projects. One of the real challenges is trying to attract donations. That is a, a really difficult aspect for us. But we try very hard and we try to put on interesting and exciting things for people to take part in. And, and of course, we work very hard at our PR and marketing and then trying to spread the good name of uh, Get Hooked on Fishing. And over the last sort of year or so, we've uh, developed some really quite interesting partnerships that are a little unusual. And just as an example, last summer, we, uh, which was 2013, we worked in partnership with Sky Sports. And what we did there was create this six-part mini-series, like I say, in partner with Sky Sports, partnership with Sky Sports and with Sky Sports Living for Sport. And what we did there was to try and give... A flavour, I suppose, of the kind of work that we do with youngsters week in, week out, and to try and demonstrate the impact of fishing and working with us can have on children and young people, and then ultimately on their families. And that was a, a huge success. And, you know, we were very fortunate to have people like Nigel Botherway, who was a massive supporter of Get Hooked on Fishing, we worked with Keith Arthur, who is also one of our trustees. But then we also had the likes of Des Ship and Callum Dix and Dean Macy coming to help us. And another really interesting aspect was that uh, we had Pete Waterfield. Now, Pete Waterfield may be a familiar name, but not in the, the world of angling, because in fact, Pete Waterfield was Tom Daly's diving partner at the last Olympics and, of course, won a, a silver medal. What's interesting with Pete is that he's actually an angler, but his interesting story is that when he was a youngster, he wanted to go fishing, but his dad wouldn't let him go fishing until he'd learned how to swim, just in case he fell in. And interestingly, he went to learn how to swim, got interested in diving, and then of course eventually became an Olympic medalist for his diving, but still likes to go fishing really 
understood what Get Hooked on Fishing is trying to achieve and was uh, very proud to be able to, to work with us week in, week out on the six-week series. And so that was a, a huge opportunity for Get Hooked on Fishing to promote what we do and to attract further interest and, and further opportunities to, to work with new partners. I think um, for Get Hooked on Fishing, like I say, there are certain challenges, one of them being finances, but there are other challenges that you know we have to sort of look at. And whilst quite a lot of our work focuses on using course fishing to get more people fishing more often, we do also do quite a bit of game fishing and also sea fishing, interestingly. But some of the challenges there are that whilst we can get youngsters into game fishing, the opportunities and pathways for them after they've worked with us are quite limited due to some of the cost restrictions and the game fishing opportunities. But with the sea fishing, we've had quite a lot of success. We don't do sea fishing from boats because of the insurance implications around that. But we do do quite a bit of fishing from beaches, jetties, piers, that kind of thing. And one of the newest forms of fishing that we're currently promoting and currently exploring is what I call funky fishing, actually. So in a sea fishing context, that would be LRF, light rock fishing. But in a coarse fishing context, we've been doing a huge amount of work using jigging and drop shotting, not just to target the traditional predatory fish, but also to target all coarse fish using tiny little jigs, tiny little soft baits on drop shot rigs. And we've had a massive amount of success. And in fact, one of the things that we're very proud of at the moment is that Sam Edmonds, who's quite an expert in this field and has in fact um, been a member of the international lure fishing squad that fished in Ireland last year, he's actually just become one of our project managers over in Bedfordshire and Hertfordshire. So we're very pleased to be able to sort of promote that a bit more and like I say, develop this concept of funky fishing where... You don't need to have a huge amount of tackle. It can involve a rod, a landing net, an unhooking mat and a little rucksack with all your gear in. And the idea is that you can go and you can not only just have a small amount of tackle, but you can also do it for quite short sessions. And that in itself is quite appealing when you wanted to try and help people start fishing and continue fishing but their lifestyle doesn't necessarily allow them to take a whole day out away from their family or away from their schoolwork, but they can go and do little short sessions and sessions that don't necessarily involve having to go and pick up two pints of maggots or if you're not that interested in using some of the dirtier baits like ground bait or worms or whatever, it's a, another great opportunity. And uh, that in itself is quite appealing to me because one of my priorities is to try and get more women and girls into fishing and so the, the concept of the funky fishing could be quite an interesting one for them and from a youngster's point of view it doesn't mean that your mum has to go out and buy you a new shed to put in the garden to house all of your tackle it means you've got a small amount that will fit under the stairs or behind your car seat and you can be up and off and having a go and that kind of you know, fits into the idea that I've got is that we, you know, we need to get youngsters off their Xboxes and onto seat boxes. And whilst that's kind of slightly humorous, we've got to have a look at what some of those barriers are 
that hold youngsters back, that stop them from getting into fishing. And traditionally, I suppose, most people got into fishing because they maybe went with their friends or they went with people that they knew down the road or they went with their dad or an uncle or a grandparent. And that isn't necessarily the case for youngsters these days. They don't necessarily have those family members or friends that they can actually go with. And this is where the work that Get Hooked on Fishing does can actually replace those people and help get more youngsters into fishing. And, you know, we are very fortunate in that we've got the backing of some very well-known anglers who are prepared to support us in, you know, lots of the work that we do and to promote what we're doing. <laughs> One of the ways that we've done that is we're just launching a new campaign. It started on the 1st of April. And that's in partnership with the Angling Trust, and it's called Family Fishing. And again, it's that taking that principle of getting more people fishing more often. And one of the issues for us is that whilst we might encourage people to go fishing more often, potentially what we're doing is actually encouraging one member of a family to go fishing more often and be away from their family. And so what we're trying to do is to keep that family group and to try and hold our family fishing events at locations that are easy to get to, for one thing, but also to put on a range of activities that are actually appealing to all of those members of a family. So just to take as, a, as an example, Dad might be an existing angler and Mum may not be so interested, but there may be a couple of children who, you know, they've just not had the chance to go with Dad but they quite fancy having a go. So what we're doing is, there's a kind of a, a very set template to these sessions, but what we're doing is hosting what we call have-a-go sessions. So they are one-to-one -one or one-to-two coaching sessions for absolute beginners or people who are returning to fishing. Then what we're also having are upskilling sessions that we call top tips. And so at each of our events, we've got well-known sponsored and consultant anglers who are coming along and they're available to help upskill existing anglers. And so you can go along and just pick the brains of, of some of these top anglers, which will hopefully improve your own fishing. But the other thing that we're very mindful of is that spending the day at one of these events, not everybody wants to spend all of their time doing the fishing bit. And so what we're also doing is putting on a range of other activities that are appealing and are sort of along the theme of a fun fair. So you can go along and you can have your face painted, you can have a go on the bouncy castles, you can have a go at some activities that are kind of angling skills but are away from the bank, you can go on pony rides or you can have a look at the model boats, all sorts of different things. We've got catering provided, all of those things that kind of keep the family interested but fishing is at the heart of it. And what we're hoping is to increase the number of those throughout the year so that there's lots and lots of opportunities. And also that at these events, there's the chance to be signposted to other opportunities where you can carry on your uh, angling journey. That aside, what would a more typical fishing day involve? One of the um, aspects that we're particularly strong on is that we work with licensed coaches level one and level two licensed coaches and also with a whole host of angling volunteers. 
And some of the programs that we put on, they can be from, you know, one-off sessions where people are coming and having a taster session. So they will learn the very basics of fishing. They will undoubtedly use very, very basic methods as well. And so it will be simple whip and, and pearl fishing to begin with, because that is one of the easiest ways to get across some of the principles of fishing. But what we can also do is put on a whole series of sessions so that there is some development and some progression. And that might be over a course of six weeks, or it might be over 12 weeks, or even up to our angling in a box, which is takes place over a period of two years. And that's a really interesting one, actually, because for our youngsters, that helps them gain ASDAM points towards qualifications. And it also entitles them to be known as Get Hooked on Fishing Peer Mentors, and those are youngsters who have kind of shown the, the aptitude and the ability and the interest in helping others. And so they work in, under the guidance of level one and level two coaches. But what we're saying is that when they've become a get hooked on fishing peer mentor, they are then able to work one to one, you know, with other youngsters, get them into the fishing, they don't do any of the planning, but they do help with the delivery of some of those sessions. And of course, for a lot of youngsters, that's quite a nice thing to be able to be sat next to one of their peers who knows a bit more about fishing than they do, but can pass on that information, that knowledge, help them have that experience. And it works well for both groups. To date then, what would you highlight as the major success of the project? Unfortunately, you know, we've got this um, monitoring evaluation system, a piece of software, and it's it's down for maintenance at the minute, so I couldn't get the exact figures for you, but I'll hazard a guess at what they might be, <laughs> which may or may not be correct, but there we go. I think for, for Get Hooked on Fishing, the major successes have been how we focus on creating opportunities and for a lot of the children, the young people and the families that we work with, those opportunities can at times be absolutely life-changing. If I give you an example, we have a, a youngster who works with us as a peer mentor and he started working with Get Hooked on Fishing some three and a half years ago, I think it was now. And he was a typical hard-to-reach youngster. He was on the verge of being excluded from school. He was becoming increasingly isolated. He had all sorts of learning and physical difficulties. He was getting bullied at school and his only way of dealing with that was to retaliate, which ended up with him getting into more trouble. What happened was the school approached the Get Hooked on Fishing project and wanted this young lad and his friends to use angling as a as an alternative form of education and so he took part in a, a, a nine-week program where he went for an afternoon a week to that project and loved it. When it came to the end of that there wasn't the opportunity for him to carry on with school but what he did really like was when the project manager there suggested that he helped out and volunteered which might have been, you know, at weekends, school holidays, in the evenings. And in fact, when we look now, he's just been awarded the Young Volunteer of the Year Award because on top of his usual kind of schoolwork and things, he's actually in one year put in 300 volunteer hours 
at the project and he's helped numerous youngsters get into fishing and has helped us out at Fishermania. He helps out at the project again at weekends and holidays and in the evenings. And that's been absolutely life-changing for him and his family. And his mum can only sing praises of Get Hooked on Fishing and some of those, the success that she's witnessed firsthand and can see how it's turned her son's life around. And so there's a, you know, a little example of some of those successes. In terms of youngsters, we work with something like 8,000 youngsters a year in one form or another. Now, that might be a one-off session or it might be as part of a, a series of sessions and it might be ongoing work but um, that doesn't include the people that we work with at kind of family fishing events and that kind of thing these are purely youngsters that we work with in our regions in our projects which is a significant number of youngsters and we also know that we do help make a saving in terms of such things as the youth justice services because if we can get youngsters into the fishing and turn them around then that makes a massive difference and a saving to the general public. What about the other side of the coin? Not so much failures but necessary tweaks as the project has evolved to get it more firmly on track. Well it, it is interesting now because inevitably there will be some aspects that are more successful and some that are less successful and over the years there have been a number of projects that have started life as get hooked on fishing projects and then have dropped off the end for one reason or another and for me one of the most important things is that the projects that that continue to be successful are the ones who have a, a wide portfolio of funding streams where the pots of money might be quite small but they've got lots of them and the work that they do, they do actually do quite a lot of repeat work then as well, rather than only, for example, working with one school, because if that one school decides, well, actually, we can't afford to do it now, that means that there's no lifeline for that project. And so it is a matter of policy now that before we will start a project, we have a look at what's the range of funding streams. One of the other things as well is that in the past... There's been quite a heavy emphasis on doing two things. One is providing as many sessions as possible for free. And the other has been around paying a whole range of people to work with us. Now, whilst we might try and offer the sessions that we do for free to the actual end user, the youngster, it doesn't mean that there isn't actually a cost. And the other danger is that if you always pay everybody the full market rate for working for you, you will not have enough money eventually. And so there's two things there. One is that we have to be realistic about what things actually cost and charge appropriately. And the other is that a more recent campaign that we're starting, which is to try and increase the, the kind of the volunteer team that we have across the UK. And that's made up of people who are anglers, but also non-anglers as well. When we're running events and sessions, you don't need to be an angler to register people for those sessions or to hand out leaflets or give them a sticker. And so there's lots of ways that we're trying to encourage more and more people to work as volunteers for us and with us. And so that's where I feel in the past we've maybe 
not been quite so successful has been in terms of charging what's realistic and also trying to get as much volunteer help as we possibly can. We've looked in some detail now at the initial vision and how that's gone, but what is the future vision? Well, the future vision is um, that, I mean, my, I would like to see a Get Hooked on Fishing presence on every street corner. Now, I know that that's quite an ambitious vision and an ambitious target, but there is no reason why we can't try and develop that by having not necessarily full project managers, but if we can have Get Hooked on Fishing associates who might be local level two licensed coaches who are prepared to do bits of work on our behalf, then that will help spread the impact of Get Hooked on Fishing. What it will also do is help to try and evidence whether there is a demand in that area, in which case, if it suggests that there is evidence of demand, we can then start looking for other funding in that area and hopefully build it up to a full-blown Get Hooked on Fishing project. And so that's part of my vision, is to try and test the water. And, and one of the ways that we're, we're starting that off is by running Get Hooked on Fishing roadshows, really, to try and show what we're able to do, usually on kind of community waters. So in general, they'll be council-owned. And what's quite good there is that they're usually within easy walking or travelling distance for a lot of people to come and have a look and have a go. And that helps us to gather this body of evidence that we can then use to try and attract more funding locally. What about the longer-term financial security of the organisation? <laughs> well, I must confess that that is just not the case. The long-term financial security just does not sort of sit in our vocabulary. Um, it is, like I say, an ongoing challenge. Whilst we get funding in that are donations, we get funding in that's grants, we are continually having to search for those and really sort of bolster what we're doing. It's relatively easy for us to bring in funding that's to deliver a series of sessions. It's much, much harder to try and bring in additional funding to be able to keep our projects going long term. And so I, I think within the current climate, that's just not going to change. And that is just how it will be. And we've got to keep being creative, keep developing positive partnerships as much as we possibly can. And use our skills at PR and marketing to promote what we're doing, which hopefully captures people's imaginations. Sum up for us now the achievements of the organisation to date. Well, I would say that having the, the charity itself having started as something really quite small, it has actually grown into something really quite spectacular and with the capacity to become even more successful. And I think... That's not been without its sort of rocky times in the past, but I think because of the strong partnerships that we're now developing, we've got a much stronger and brighter future. And working within the third sector, the charitable sector, that is quite a, a major achievement and one that we all need to be very proud of. Now, the proposal was that we do this recording a couple of days ago, but you couldn't make that date because you were going fishing. So besides professional fishing interest, there's an active personal fishing interest there too. <laughs> That's right. Well, I'm actually a late arriver, shall we say, into the world of fishing. And what triggered that was, in fact, my son 
being interested in finding out more about going fishing. And so to cut a very long story short, I was quite terrified of the thought. I could cope with him and his football. That was okay. I didn't mind standing at the side of football pitches and cheering him along. But the thought of us going fishing really did terrify me, although we did give it a go. I was there just to provide food mainly and uh, and drinks for him. But then, just on one occasion, he asked me if I would watch his rod, which I did, and I happened to catch a fish. Managed to unhook the fish and then thought, mm, I think I'll just have a go at casting. So I had a little go at casting and um, I was just totally hooked from there. And it's something that I've now become really quite obsessed with, I have to say. And in fact, at that time, I was I was actually a head teacher. And what I realised was that there were things about the whole experience of fishing that could really benefit youngsters. And so when the opportunity came to, to do some voluntary work with Get Hooked on Fishing, I seized that. And then I started to do some consultancy work with them. And then I became chief executive, which is great. It does mean that your own fishing gets limited a little bit, but it does mean that when you do get a chance to go out there, it's all the more special. And also I'm in the very fortunate position in that I now get a chance to either fish with or sit alongside some really quite spectacular and awesome anglers who have taught me an awful lot over the last few years. And have you developed any particular preferences yet? Oh, well, I mean, my trouble is I just love all kinds of fishing. So consequently, if there's an opportunity to fish, I'll, I'll give it a go. The easiest for me to do, because I, I, in general I fish on my own, is to go coarse fishing. But I've had some fairly spectacular fish on rivers and um, on uh, still waters as well. Not done so much in the way of canal fishing, but I have been to Spain and fished over in Extremadura a couple of times and had a, a £24 common over there out of one of their massive dams. I've had a 15-15 pike from a local river, an £8.11 tench out of a, an estate lake, and I suppose the one that I was most proud of was a, a £10.11 bream out of the Copper Mill stream at Walthamstow, which was quite exciting because I, it was very, very clear water and I stalked the fish and I caught it trotting afloat with my centre pin, so I was really quite pleased with myself with that one. No sea fishing? I've done bits of sea fishing, but it's actually quite a tricky one for me to actually go and do. I've managed to catch quite a few mackerel <laughs> off the coast of uh, Holland, actually. And so that's been my sort of limit, really, of sea fishing. But um, I'm also learning how to cast a fly at the moment to try and up my game on um, fly fishing. Potentially an all-rounder, then, in addition to the organisational and managerial work linked to the fishing generally and to young people particularly, which is good, because one of the main complaints I'm hearing from people is that without something radical like this, we could well be the last generation to fish, which would be a great shame, particularly in light of the fact that besides being a great outdoor pursuit, we are also to no small degree guardians of the environment, which would undoubtedly suffer if we were not on hand to keep less respecting parties in check. So get hooked on fishing, and projects like it simply have to succeed for the benefit of all of us. My thanks then to Sarah Collins for taking this time out to explain the project to us here.